welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Welcome on in, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sports Buffoon Studios out here in Lenexa, Kansas. We got our boys here, Tana, Dawson. What's up, guys? Hey, G. What's up, my fellas? What's going on? Woop woop. Another woop woop. He did woop woop again. He did. This is two weeks second, in a row. Second week in a row. Another woop woop. Um, the reason why I did that is because I'm drinking my favorite beer right now. Mm-hmm. And the name of my beer is Spider 2Y Banana. Spider, Spider 2Y Banana. Banana. <laughs> Boy, I like it. I like it. Actually, we're going we're gonna to get to that here in just a sec. We do have a lot to talk about, you guys. I'd appreciate if you give us a like and a comment here. Let us know what you guys think of our, our fantasy topics here today. And if you have any questions, let us know. Give us a comment as we go live here. And uh, like last week, you know, we had some people asking some questions. And I thought we gave some solid input. Like, you know, like I said, adamantly, Cortland Sutton should be a stardom on your roster. Yes. And did you start him? I hope you did because I know that I did. been your boy no, last look, week. Look, so. And Sutton, he, yes, he, it was a slow start, but he did show up at the end. So that's what counts. He got you the points that you needed. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about, guys. we got fantasy to talk about. Of course, we have Chiefs to go over. That's gonna. I'm going to have a little rant for you guys here tonight. Um, it's going to be very thoughtful. It's going to be, um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm calling out Chiefs fans right now. I'm calling out Chiefs fans. There's a lot to call out. And I'm also calling out some of the staff as well. But primarily Chiefs fans because that's my favorite thing to do. I like to call out Chiefs fans. They deserve it, you know. We have a very special fan base and here in Kansas City. They're good for it, though. They're good for it. They're good for it. They're going to take their lickings and take their beatings like they deserve. But we'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, first of all, Tanner, so the, the beer Jason was referring to is a brand new Boulevard Brewing Company. Stuff of Legend. Yeah. It is an Oreo-based limited release. Um, double stuff Oreos with the ideas here. We're going to pour this glass. So those heavy. of you on Spotify listening, just, just, I hope you can just hear the, the beer pouring in. Because that's the sound of you should be listening it or looks, watching us on YouTube. So if I have to describe it right now, it looks like you're pouring chocolate syrup into a I mean, glass. Gasoline? No, not only gasoline. Guess. Whoa, no, no, no. Chocolate syrup. It's chocolate legit. syrup into, into more, a glass. More liquidified, but chocolate syrup. I like to think that of it works. as a double stuff, not to be confused with a DP. Well, that's a different story <laughs> for a different day there, JG. All right, <laughs> shall we take a test here at Boulevard? Let's, let's take a quick sip, you guys, now that we all are drinking the same thing tonight. As you all know, normally we do a we do a drink of the week, and this is our drink of the of the week. That's good shit. Pretty damn solid. I, I that's good. Say so. It's very smooth too. It is. Like the vanilla on there, like is, is there, the but hint it's Oreo mild. Heard that Oreo vanilla? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's not so much Oreo. I would say like you don't get as much chocolate no, no. maybe, but the vanilla works really well. And it's the same ABV by the way as like a Prairie Bomb out there. Like 13.3% EBV. That's phenomenal. So, uh, those of you beer snobs out there like we are, um, I suggest go find yourself a Boulevard stuff. Yeah, um, that's pretty good. That stuff pretty of good. legend, actually, is what it's called. <laughs> Legendary it is. So. Um, before we get really kicked off here, guys, anything for the week you guys want to discuss? How was your week? How, what happened this week? Let me tell you. Tell me about the best thing you had happen in the past seven days. Past seven days? Mm-hmm. Man, uh, I don't know. Not a, I don't know. Not a lot. Oh my god, Tanner! I don't have a lot, man. You, you both have kids, so it's like it's tough with you guys. I think the most positive thing that happened to me in the last 
couple days is the fact that I, I got over the Chiefs' loss. Because I, yeah. I, I was going through the JG depression there for a couple of days. I know. And then at some point, it started to turn around for me, and I, I started to turn back to my positive ways. And so I kind of got over that mm-hmm. Chiefs' loss, and then, you know, just life kind of opened up for me. And so I, I'm yeah. feeling a lot better in these last few days. I talked to you it's Monday, good. and it was, I was obviously a thing where you had certain feelings, and I was also going through kind of a little bit of an angry spell at the moment. So there was a you, lot going on. You felt depressed, and I felt just mad. And so that's kind of the way you were. Kind of, you were the angry drunk, and I was the depressed drunk. Well, that, not that one of us were drunk. We were on the treadmill at the, the gym. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't mean I wasn't drunk, though. Yeah, you. Like, I've been drunk before on the treadmill. You want to be angry? It's neither here nor there. You want to be angry, though? All right, guys, let's kick it off. (laughs) Last week in fantasy, we had to do a redemption. Now, this has nothing to do with our current trade philosophy topic, but for the record out there, guys, I had Hunter Renfro at 11 points, Matt Ryan got 25 points, Tanner, you had Khalil Herbert, got 7, Corey Davis got 8, and then Jason JG, you had a Manny Sanders, got 20, Manny Sanders had a good game. Deserves yeah. a round of applause. That's what I'm talking about. And then you had Jalen Waddle got six, and then Van Jefferson got two. So you had three guys on your list. But I'll give you credit for the Manny Sanders because that was a good. You know, we, we needed some kind of redemption there from the previous one we had done. So, anyways, guys, let's kick it off. We have to talk about some draft trade philosophy today. So as you guys see there on our thumbnail, if you've been checking it out here on the YouTube, we got a picture of Amari uh, um, Cooper. And as well as Saquon Barkley. And we're telling you to trade these guys. Now, it's not necessarily trade one for one. This is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about trading Cooper for Barkley. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the philosophy of how to even prepare for how to make a trade in fantasy football. So I get questioned all the time by friends. I got one buddy. I love you a lot, Todd. You're amazing. You're a good buddy to talk about football with. Uh, I respect you a lot. He will he will text me quite a bit, and I love talking to him. I love you know, going back and forth to them on football things. And he'll ask me all the time, should I trade this guy for that guy? And it's like, it's it's hard to really get a full grasp of what is going to be a good quality trade without getting to know every detail of your team, the way they're, they're structured, as well as the other team, the way they're structured. So in a typical one-for-one situation, you can look at it and go, oh yeah, easy situation, yeah, make that deal. But if you're asking me, should I trade away a Saquon Barkley um, for a Amari Cooper, Meanwhile, you don't have any other running backs. Meanwhile, your, your best number two running back is Daryl Williams. In that case, no, you want to hold on to Barkley because it doesn't make yeah. sense to make that deal because you know you got to have more details of how to do trades and how it's going to make sense for yourself and everyone else around you because when you ask questions, you know it's, it's I, obviously. I, I do like those guys when they do when they do ask an expert or whatever so-called expert for advice. Some of these guys actually give you details like, hey. I got this trade offer from presented to me. This is who I have, and this is where I where I have it at. So, like those are the that's the information you want to present more of when you are asking experts on fancy trade advice. Yeah, absolutely. So, I got a couple of rundowns you got for you guys before we, before we let Jason here kind of give us some philosophy ideas. Um, one of one of the things I always think about when it comes to draft trades, and I've always I'll put it this way: most trades I do, I win. I, I, at the end of the day, I win. I'm, I'm an above average, well above average fantasy owner. Is that the right term? I don't know. I don't want to sound like fair. some kind of racist or anything. But <laughs> your, your offers have to make sense for both parties involved. This has to be a thing. Whenever you go to make an offer, you need to look at both teams. Look at your team and then look at their team. 
Say to yourself, I need to have an, a better tight end. Okay, so then go search for tight ends on other teams. Now, when you find that tight end or find that team that makes the most sense for what you have to offer, say I'm loaded at wide receiver. Okay, mm -hmm. so in my situation right now, on my current fantasy team, I got Cooper Cup, I got Antonio Brown, I got DeAndre Hopkins, I got Cortland Sutton on my team, as well as a IR currently, Michael Thomas. I also at one point had Mike Evans. Yes. So the dude to me was expendable because I feel like Mike Evans is willing to give him away if I can improve my tight end situation from a injured Gronkowski to a healthy Darren Waller. And so that's what I did. And so it makes sense for both parties involved because he feels like he's going to get a healthy, you know, Mike Evans, which is going to help his lackluster receivers. Meanwhile, I'm going to get an upgrade at tight end. But don't also waste time trying to trade with a moron because you're hoping they don't know what they're doing. Assume you're trading with the partner that's intelligent. Jason, I want you to give input on that. No, I totally disagree with you. I mean, I, like, I know. I, <laughs> so I, I have an unorthodox philosophy on trading, and I'll, I'll just point that out right now. And so you and I, we kind of start on the same page. The, the number one rule is you have to find a need on the other team. And I totally agree with you on that. But this is when I kind of go off the rails with my strategy. Um, you always want to lowball the other team because you don't know if you're dealing with a manager who is good at fantasy football or if he is bad at fantasy football. And if he's terrible at it, you might have thrown out a name that this guy has a hard on for and he might just make a snap decision and take the deal. And then you're a big winner. Uh, but after that, the, the big thing for me is I want to target players who have an easy rest of the season schedule. Yep. So you want to sell high on players that have already performed. Maybe they had an easy schedule in the first few games, but you think they're going to come back down to earth. Maybe they have a dog shit schedule the rest of the way. So you're going to unload those players that have already shown out. They had a pretty decent schedule in the beginning. And then you're going to load up. You're going to try to trade for these other players that might have had strung together a few shitty-ass games. Okay. But then they have a good schedule the rest of the way. So you're going to try to target those players in a trade. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely know the NFL schedule. That is a, that is a big thing. That's Tanner, huge. One thing I did real quick, you, um, back, when, back when I went, yes, I'm going to go ahead and get this plug out there. Back when I went undefeated, I went 17 and 0 one year in fantasy. One of the things I did was I was making trades against guys who I knew I had a bye week going up against. So I would give a guy that I knew I had a running back on my team I knew was expendable. And if I was playing him in week nine, I would trade him that running back who would have a bye week the week I was going to be playing him. So that's how far ahead I was looking when I was making trades and making kind of deals like that. But also, like we, what Jason just talked about here is I was looking at the back end of the schedule. Guys who were going to be very productive in the playoffs weeks at the time. It was weeks, you know, four, or it was weeks 15, 16, 17. And those guys had great matchups. I was loading up on those guys at the time because I already knew I was in. I was, at, you know, I was 7 8 no at the time. So I'm like, okay, time to think about the championship run. And so I loaded up on those guys towards the – they were going to have back end easy schedules. And from there, they just, you know, every week they blew up. And, uh, yeah, I think that yeah. giving a player, giving an opponent a player who you know you're going to be facing down the road it's on a bye week is also very vital. It's, it sounds sneaky because they're not going to notice it. You know, when I offer you a trade, they're not thinking, oh, well, in week nine I played against you, but the guy you're offering me is now on a bye week. No. They're not thinking a about a that. Lot of, a lot of owners aren't looking ahead. Cerebral. No, yeah, they're not looking ahead at all. 
I'm just saying that that's something to think about and do yeah. and use that to your advantage there out there, fantasy listeners. Because I've done it and it's worked well for me, and I've been very successful doing it and used it one year all year long to be undefeated. I mean, we talk about trading for players that way, trade away players that way too. Like if you know you have a guy that's already struggling with injuries and you got some tough defenses coming up in the middle of the season when it's so crucial to win, try to try to turn him, try to turn him over. So uh, my big thing, guys, is like you talked about earlier, just trade for strength, trade, improve your weakness. So like you had a guy that's expandable on your team, on I had a balanced team. Correct, correct on a balanced team. I had a so a couple injuries happen on my other uh, ESPN league where I ended up moving a Dalvin Cook, who is starting to become injury-prone again, uh, week in, week out. But I could sacrifice him because I had other running back depth, and I had to improve my quarterback, who I had Sam Darnold. Uh, No, yeah, no, I didn't have Sam Darnold. I had Teddy Bridgewater at the time, who was performing the first four weeks exactly what I thought. And I knew I'd have to have a trade in the middle of the season. I ended up getting uh, Lamar Jackson uh, and Dawson Knox and uh, a couple other guys to keep the balance there on my bench, but also improve my quarterback play to help improve that overall. So I feel like that was a trait of strength, and I recognized my weakness as soon as I could before the crucial midseason point hits Mm -hmm. where you're not going to be able to turn those guys as quick. Absolutely. You want to get – like week six right now is very vital. Week six is a time period where teams are trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to look like in week 15? You know, What am I going to look like when the playoffs roll around here? What is my team structure going to be like? Because you have a few weeks here to maneuver, and this is the time period to get your team set in stone and figured out what you're going to want that team to look like, You know, assuming without injury. You always have to like have that outlook of like, okay, if no injuries happen, because you can't predict those, those things just happen. And just start building your team that way and have a balanced team. And, and in order to execute said trades, right, let's say you offer, you know, Jason offers me something, you guys got to create dialogue, period. You have to create some kind of dialogue. You have to be open maybe trade a player you weren't hoping for or trade a you know maybe look at different options and suggestions that they're giving you and maybe that you guys can equal out a deal it's not always going to happen it very rarely does that would it that happen for a big player big player but if you can dialogue and maybe create some kind of deal with them maybe you do get some value out of that yeah without a doubt with that said you guys let's jump into our actual topic of the day here is a little game we're going to play a fantasy trade or keep and so I'm going to name off some some players here from different teams around the league. And these are players right now who some of you might have on your on your team, but also you might be eyeballing because you're curious to see what kind of potential they might have. And so this is going to be interesting because these are guys who either have underperformed or overperformed, and you want to know whether you should keep them on your roster or you should be trading them away, selling high, or maybe even uh, buying low on a certain guy who's underperformed so far this season. So first names first, you guys. I want to kick it off with none other than the current in PPR WR7 slash the RB3 in all fantasy leagues, including PPR. And uh, that is Cordell Patterson of the Falcons. The guy has is currently having his best year of all time with a very terrible team. And that's part of the problem, actually, in my opinion, is that he's, he's, he's been injury prone in the past. He's, he basically is playing like what we always wanted Percy Harvin to play like back in the day. Well, Patterson's finally showing up, and he's putting together great numbers, playing out of the backfield. He's got multiple attempts per game, multiple targets per game, um, and also he's still returning as well. He's still being a return yes. man in the front return game as well. I think he's over uh, 120 yards 
punt return. Right, so he's still he's getting it done in all ways of the game. Like I said, the ultimate Percy Harvin, what we always kind of expect he would become in the NFL before the migraines set in. Um, yeah. Percy, or <laughs> not Percy, Cordell Patterson, you guys. I almost I was about to throw the Percy Harvin here. Guys, is he a, is he a sell high or is he a hold? Is he trade? We keep. What is your opinions? I want to hear your thoughts. Before I give you my answer on that, quick little ESPN rant here. Uh, the problem I have with ESPN fantasy and ESPN in general, because we know they don't, we all know they don't care about sports anymore. They only care about politics. Fix your damn app, dude. You still have Cordero Patterson, right. the running back yep. only, right? Yep. True. Yeah. He's yep. only true. a running back. That's I mean, awful. That's come awful. on, guys. Like, pull your head out of it's your true. ass. Yep. Uh, but more importantly, with Cordero Patterson, I'm going to keep him. And I understand that he just played the Giants, uh, Washington football team, or what the fuck, whatever you want to call them, in the New York Jets. But schedule is going to get a little bit tougher for him, but he still has Miami, Jacksonville, and Detroit on his schedule. He's already got 25 receptions, 295 yards, four receiving touchdowns. And we all know that Mike Davis is nothing more than a plotter. So I am going to keep Cordell. Cordero Patterson. I agree. Keep him. Keep him. Where else is Matt Ryan going to throw when Calvin Ridley's out? Nobody else is going to be open. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts will blow up. But we got to go somewhere. You got to have the check downs. That line isn't that great. Uh, you know, being the number three running back PPR, 35 overall. Or, sorry, 18 overall uh, PPR here. I, I'd keep him. Like you said, the, the schedule coming out, too. It's Miami, Carol, Carolina. Who could improve now with Gilmore? We'll see. But New Orleans, I'm not worried about. Jacksonville, like they got some games that you could really blow up on exactly when you need them to. Okay. Uh, also, look at his game log as well, guys, if you didn't know. Week one was crappy, but since then he's scored 16 or more points in PPR uh, consistently. So I am I'm a full keep, and I have him in my league, and I'm not benching him anytime soon. All I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to go difference on you guys here. I'm going to trade Cordell Patterson. I'm going to sell high on the production because the production has been out of control and this is not going to be sustainable. You know, this is like buying into a bad cryptocurrency when you know it's, it's at the high point. <laughs> you, you want to get out of that Shiba Inu. And it's like so, buying into Dogecoin. Well, right, okay, the Dogecoin. <laughs> yep, be true as well. I mean, for me, Patterson needs to go from your team. I, know, I understand he's on a bye week this week and here in week six. He's going to play the Dolphins, probably have another, you know, somewhere between 12 to 16 point game, somewhere around there. But I just here's the thing: the guy has had injury problems in the past, um, and also is this going to be sustainable? I just can't imagine a guy like this go a full season who, at 30 years old, finally figuring it out after playing on like five different teams, wake up one day and go, "Okay, I'm a do it all, all purpose player." Yeah, it doesn't work. But but why can't why can't it just be a team figuring out Cordell Patterson and what he can do? You mean because they lack so many other options? Is that the really point? Hey, perfect perfect fit for him. So the guy's going to stay healthy for that to happen, and they're going to continue on that path, I guess. I mean, if that was to continue to go on throughout the season. Um, for me, I don't see it happening. I think, here's the thing, guys. Those of you out there that have Patterson on your team, you got him for nothing. He was yeah. probably a pickup, random, uh, waiver wire, free agent pickup, or maybe you spent a last-round pick on him. Um, you could get a lot of value out of him right now for guys that were taken in the round, you know, four, five, six, where you got this guy for free. And so what I'm saying is sell high for a name that's proven, that's been around, done it long enough, and proven himself, you could get better quality guys you can rely on throughout the season. 
That's why I say sell Cordell Patterson throughout <laughs> the season. So next one, guys, I got Saquon Bar- Barkley for you guys. Saquon Barkley coming back maybe in two weeks. Um, awesome. You know, I, I like the guy a lot. The guy's a great talent, of course. Root for the guy. He had got stepped on. Uh, his ankle's now swollen. Um, this is going to be interesting. So, uh, Jason, what do you got for me on Barkley? I mean, I got to keep him. And the reason I'm going to keep him is, is because he's an elite running back. And I understand that he only had two good games so far this year. So the thing of it is, you're not going to get a ton of value on a trade market, especially with the ankle issue. So uh, Saquon's only going to miss like maybe two to three weeks, if that. And I think after that, he's going to explode. And I, by explode, I don't mean his ankle's going to explode. I mean his fantasy production's going to explode. So, I mean, not a lot of value there. So I'm going to keep him at this part at this point of the season. I agree. I think we you need to keep Saquon Barkley. If you look at his schedule coming up, guys, the two games that he's probably going to miss is the Rams, great defense. Carolina, great defense. He comes back probably on the Chiefs game, which we all know is a shitty defense now. But like the only other big defense that he's going to play that against running backs is Tampa Bay. But then he becomes a receiving back. Look at Gaskins just blew up Tampa Bay last week, so he become a receiving back. There isn't the rest of the year for this schedule. He has potential to blow up if he doesn't get an injury. I'd say you keep the guy. I really do. I think he provides enough value, and if you are, I mean, you probably picked him high enough, right, in the, prior in the first round for him. There's no sense of trading him away unless you can get some big purchase out of it for some reason. Yeah, I agree. We're going to go three for three here because uh, I think as well, just hold on to Saquon Barkley and then hope that things get put together well at the end of the season because – you know, coming off the injury last year, and then this year, once again, going through another injury bug. And also, you're not getting quite the production you want yet. Just hang on a little bit because his value is not there. Honestly, if you offer Barkley to anyone right now, you're going to be getting, like, you know, round 12 value for, yeah, for whatever you pay really for. Long. So, you know, it's not going to be a guy you want to get rid of. So I would just hold on to Barkley and see how things play out throughout the year. If it's a loss, it's a loss. Take the L if you need to take the L. Move on. Hopefully you have depth at running back. And go from there. So, after you guys, I have a big L uh, sitting on my current roster right now. Miles Sanders, uh, running back from Philly. Um, my big problem with him right now is that like they don't run the ball. They don't run the ball in Philly at all. No. They're it's it's frustrating as hell because Sanders is actually a good player. Like there's nothing wrong with Miles Sanders, but they also got this guy Gainwell over there as well, who's been spe- stealing a bunch of touches for no reason in the passing game. Meanwhile, Sanders is also a good receiving back. It's like, why? Why do we need two receiving backs when you're just not even running the ball? When you know Sanders is a decent runner. And it's frustrating to watch. I mean, the Eagles are going to do Eagles things. So for me, though, you know, I, I hope for Sanders to have a big game this week. And then I sell high. Sell him right away as, as fast as I can. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep Miles Sanders for now. The reason I'm going to keep him is because he's still getting the bulk of the touches as compared to Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, I know he hasn't done much yet so far this year in fantasy, but you look at some of his upcoming opponents. They're very weak defenses, and when that's I say a, weak, that's a weak schedule. I'm not talking about the Chiefs, <laughs> although I should, I should be talking about the Chiefs. But no, he's got Detroit. He's got the Giants two times. The he's got the what the fuck team twice, and then he's got the Jets. So I'm actually going to keep Miles Sanders. You might, it, like Mike said, if he blows up for a couple games, if, if you want to get rid of him then, that's fine. But at least for now, I'm definitely going to keep his ass because he's got a couple of big games coming up. 
<laughs> this is a oh, guy wow. with zero TDs, by the way. Zero touchdowns. I'm tired of him, Tanner. I'm pissed. Zero touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, I think, still leads the team in rushing. If I, if I remember He's their right. running back. They don't run <laughs> the ball. He's their running back. He's running back. The, the guy isn't effective either way. I agree if you do want to keep him, get rid of him right before the trade deadline. Just do what you can. I, I will trade this guy. I don't like as weak as that schedule is, and that's a weak schedule coming up outside of the Chargers, maybe. Uh, like I, yeah, I'd say trade him, He's, dude. It's that, not worth it. That that schedule is a fucking touchdown carousel. It's gonna be for Hurts. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Gainwell. You're for Jalen Hurts, and Gainwell. Maybe Devontae Smith gets on the end. They'll all get fucking two or, Zach or one or two get touchdowns it? every game. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it because Miles Sanders has been dog shit on my team all year, and I'm, oh, I'm getting pissed. <laughs> all right, um, are we done with that rant? I think we're done. That's right. the only thing. Guys, I have an interesting one here because this this is a sudden uh, sudden guy coming out of nowhere. He actually was back back in the day on my college fantasy team. This is Dawson Knox of the Bills. He's currently sitting at I think the tight end three of most of your leagues here. Um, his last four weeks, you guys, you won't believe this. His points last four weeks: 14, 14, 20, 20. That is his last four weeks of fantasy. Those are solid tight ends number tight ends numbers. I mean, and that's especially. I mean, obviously we're ignoring what Kelsey can do and all that. But like, if you just have a random tight end in your team, Dawson Knox is playing phenomenal, oh. and he just he just whooped Daniel Sorensen's ass, which I'll get into a little bit later here. Um, but for me, it's like Dawson Knox is a guy you want to hold because I think for some reason he, they got something going on here. Whenever you see consistency like this, Dawson Knox is going to finish this season as a top five tight end in fantasy. So if you got this guy late in the draft or as a free agent, you got to steal. Don't give that up. Take your value and fucking run with it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on Dawson Knox. This is he's he's the Bitcoin for me. He is the Bitcoin. I am gonna trade him. Uh, maybe not right now because I do understand he's got the Jacksonville and the Jets coming up in Week Nine and Ten. But I am gonna try to sell high at the right time, just like we talked about with Bitcoin. You got to sell him. You got to trade his ass. And you look at his targets over the past five weeks. Four. He's had four, three, five, eight, and four. And he only had three receptions against the Chiefs last week. But it's the Chiefs. So obviously he turned those three receptions into a huge game. I'm actually a Stefan Diggs owner, uh, who, by the way, hasn't done shit all year. <laughs> but we all know that's going to change. You know, Diggs eventually is going to show out. And they do have other weapons there in Buffalo. But I, for me, I want to find somebody who's going to overpay for Dawson Knox in a trade. So for me, I may not trade him right now, but in the next week or two, I'm going to be trying to find a buyer for him and sell high. I just received Dawson Knox, Lamar Jackson, Zach Moss for Dalvin Cook, essentially. You gave, up, you gave up Dalvin Cook? I gave Cook? up Dalvin Cook for... Dawson Knox, Lamar Jackson, Zach Moss. What well, kind of stupid idiot fine. league is that, Tanner? That's the two quarterback that wow. you could play. Tomorrow. That's the league that I was. But that's the one I had Teddy in. That's what I was okay. talking to you guys earlier. No, you're making about. you're making Jason's point make so, sure. No, 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 no. Yeah. no, no, no. Like this is the number now, three. Right? This is this is number three tight end in the league. Okay, Josh Allen has been begging, begging the last few years for a tight end who can be in the oh, red. Knox has stepped up. Knox is there. Knox is a touchdown. Four weeks five, in a row. Five touchdowns. Right. Four weeks in a row. Four weeks in a row. Four weeks in a row. Okay. This guy is going to continue to be productive. 
and it's going to be near the red zone every single time. It's not going to be quite what we saw in the against the Chiefs game, right? The 117 yards probably isn't going to be there, but the guy's going to be a red zone target. And if you know Josh Allen, he's going to throw it to him. Tennessee, shitty defense. Miami, Jacksonville, Jets, Indy, New Orleans, New England, crappy. Tampa Bay doesn't have its secondary anymore. And who knows with Carolina yet. So you're looking at the mid, the important part of the season, fantasy season, of a guy needing to be in the red zone. I'm loving the teams that he has to face coming up here. I'll take this all day. Dawson Knox, I am keeping you, and we're starting you. Yeah. All right, guys. we got one more. Now, as you saw in our thumbnail, we're going to talk about some Amari Cooper. Because Amari Cooper in week one had a wonderful week one. I think he put up was it 38 points in PPR. Oh, is, that, is, that, is that right? Yes. Obviously a huge game. Um, he fin- he Right now he's currently the WR16. But you know why that's a hidden number? Because currently in the last four weeks since that week one, he's the WR41. That's right, the WR41. You don't want to play him and start him in your t- on your team right now. Um, so that's that's a big issue to me. Michael Gallup comes back in about a week or two to that offense, and C.D. Lamb is the true number one of that team. Let's just make no that no doubt about Correct. that. Correct. Mari Cooper is also injury prone. Take that into account. I think right now with Mari Cooper sitting at WR sixteen and also that fresh on their mind thirty eight point game he had against the Buccaneers defense. You need to be selling Amari Cooper as fast as possible right now, getting rid of him, because that is not going to be sustainable over the course of the season. You want to get a running back. You want to get a, a, a higher, you know, higher-end receiver, potentially, maybe somebody with more upside than what Amari Cooper can offer. And, uh, you know, maybe in the meantime, you can pick up Michael Gallup for next to nothing while getting rid of Cooper and getting a certified starting receiver, which is not Amari Cooper at this point. Sell him. No, I totally disagree with you on Amari Cooper. You guys that listen to this show, I used to call him Amari Pooper because you would depend on him in fantasy, and he would always shit the bed. That's why Mm -hmm. I called him Pooper. But now for me, he's back to being Amari Cooper. And I can safely say that you should keep him, not trade him. You need to keep him on your team because if you look at his schedule, and I do believe in the Cowboys this year, by the way, Cowboys are a great team, and they're in a weak division. Look at the schedule week through 10 through 17. He's got Atlanta. He's got the Chiefs, Raiders, New Orleans. He's got to play Washington twice, the Giants, and Arizona. That'll be a high-scoring game. You look at his targets. He went for 17, 5, 4, 3, and 6. He's got four touchdowns on the season, and I'm a big believer in this offense. It's not so much that I don't think they're going to spread the ball around, you know, Gallup is going to get his. You know, they're going to spread the ball around. But for me, I just love the Dallas Cowboys offense, especially in that division. So Amari Cooper, I mean, he hasn't exploded outside of week one this year. So I'm going to go ahead and keep him. I have a question then. Would you trade straight up, straight up Cooper for CeeDee Lamb, one for one? Yes. Now, on which end? What would you rather have? Uh, CeeDee Lamb. I'd have CeeDee Lamb. Who would you take? Between the two. I, I don't think it matters. I mean, I just, like I said, I like the offense. I would go either way on that. Gotcha. All right. Before we jump into these comments here, uh, my Amari Cooper take, we're keeping him, guys. We're keeping Amari Cooper. Keep him. Dak, Dak Prescott is going to throw the ball all season long. Zeke and Tony Pollard aren't going to do everything every week. So you're only going to uh, Dak need to spread the ball out. Um, I love CD. I'd rather take CD Lamb if that was the case, like I said. 
But I'm keeping Mari Cooper regardless. He's on my st- he's a starting guy. He's going to be that way. I'm keeping Mari Cooper. He's consistently in the close to the 60 yards pretty much the last two games. I'm, there's no reason to trade him. So, hey, guys, we do got some comments for fans football before we transition here. Oh, we have a question? Uh, J.A.C., should I accept a trade where I receive Kareem Hunt and give up Justin Herbert? And give up Justin Herbert. See, that's one of those questions I was talking about with philosophy is what is your what is your situation then after Herbert? So if Correct. you have a quarterback, if your backup in that case is going to be someone who's viable, who could put up numbers similar to Herbert, then sure, why not? But if you don't have a backup that's viable, then you do not do not give do up not Herbert for Kareem Hunt. No. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, like, does that make sense? Do you, you need a replacement for that quarterback spot. Yeah. Period. So if you have two really good quarterbacks, then sure, of course, give up one for a, a solid running back. And like, like we all know, like if something happens to Nick Chubb for an injury or something, Kareem Hunt's going to be a top three running back in fantasy. Easily. But then again, we can't rely on that. We have to look at the real-time situation. And if you don't have that run, yeah, quarterback situation, then yeah, don't give up gotcha. your top end quarterback to where you're like now you're sitting with Derek Carr with well, but also you get Kareem Hunt. No, 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 don't live life like that because that's gonna suck. Yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah. think? For for me, whoever gets Justin Herbert in that trade is going to win. Hertz that's is his backup. Line. Hertz is the backup. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with it. Nope, I, I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't mess with nope. it. I, I, I don't I, care. Hertz has a lot to, to prove still. I understand he's currently a QB eight in most leagues, um, but keep in mind a lot of that number, a lot of those numbers came from the Chiefs. Um, but I'm just saying, keep in mind about that. You're going to have a tough time down the road as the season goes on with dealing with that. Meanwhile, Herbert is you know what you're going to get. Yeah, you're going to see more. You know what you're going to get. Justin Herbert, and it's not outside of the realm of possibilities that Herbert wins the MVP this year. So keep hey, that in mind. Anything can happen, right? Yeah, right uh, now is potential. Yeah. Let's see here, Tech. Kutalto, hopefully I said that right. Is it okay to have a QB and a running back on the same team starting? So, for instance, he has Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook. Absolutely, I love, I, I yeah. love doing that. I mean, I'm a big fan of pairing. So, yes. pairing for me is is big. So, what I've always done in the past. So, back in the day, I used to somehow get Matt Ryan every damn year, and I hated it, you know, because Matt Ryan would be some kind of consistent, but you know, he had one MVP type of season basically when he went to the Super Bowl. But I would always have Matt Ryan, and I'd have Julio Jones every year. And I love you did. the combo touchdowns. So basically, if you're in that situation where you can double up on touchdowns, it's always great. But a running back thing, like it's it's nothing to be concerned about. I'll put it that way. Like Think about it. Okay, if you have Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert, are you mad? No. You're very happy right yeah. now because you know why? That offense is, de- is depicted on just checking it down to Austin Eckler and getting him in the receiving game. Austin Eckler is not your number one rushing running back. Like he's not a guy you're going to give the ball 20 carries. Like he might get 10 receptions, but he's not going to get 20 carries. Like it's just a big difference. And so there's nothing wrong with doing that um, whatsoever. I think just look at the situation at hand and take it that way. Just got to think smart about it. Yeah, right. there's nothing wrong with it. You just wouldn't want to go into a draft thinking that I'm going to stack this person with that person. Yeah. But you know, my dream scenario before we had our draft was going to be. Aaron Rodgers with Aaron Jones. You're going to stack a quarterback with a running back. That would be my best case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fair. I get it. It's, it's nothing to overthink. I'll put it that way. Enjoy what you got. As long as your guys are being productive, then don't worry about the fact they're on the same team. Just enjoy that and you roll with it. You yeah. know, that's all I can really say. Like leave us more comments here. We'll get back to it here as we uh, transition out. So, 
Yeah, we're willing to listen to any fantasy topics you guys have rolling forward. But we have to get it moving forward here to our Chiefs discussion of the day. And, uh, you know, Jason, JJ, you talked about this maybe being your depression thought of the week, I guess. But I don't really know we should go that way with it. I think we're feeling a little bit better at the moment. I think that was a, that was a, that was a moment. That was an emo moment. You know, we can, we can get through that. It's not going to be a big deal. Like, at the end of the day, this is still going to be like a 10-win team, right? We think so? Yeah. At least, minimum, maybe? At least 14. 14. 14 wins. Hey, my prediction was 14 at the beginning of the year, and it's, you know, it still has a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. So, <laughs> you know? So, guys, okay, wrapping up real quick. I don't want to get too into detail about our game we just endured. Um, but Chiefs now sitting at 2-3 and three on the season with a loss to the Bills. On Sunday Night Football, 38-20. What are your thoughts real quick on the game? Because I have a rant to go about. And Tanner, you probably have some thoughts, too, about some of the fan base. Go ahead. I I really don't have – I truly don't have a lot to say because there's not a lot to say that we haven't already said on the show that you haven't already seen on Twitter. It's just disappointing, period. As the team continues to commit turnovers, whether it's a dropped passes, whether it's fumbles, whether it's just blowing coverages, right? It, it's just a continue week in, week out deal. Um, and and all we can do from a fan standpoint outside of vent our frustrations on Twitter uh, and give crazy thrown out scenarios is you guys got to trust, trust Reed, right? You got to trust Andy Reed is looking into it. He's going to try to figure something out. It's hard. I know it's frustrating, but we got to figure it out. Like it's Andy Reed's going to figure something out here. Looking back at was it 15, 16, we were three, two and five, three and five, and we won straight through. So yeah, the Chiefs actually went one and five. I that's believe, what it was. To start one off and five. 2015 season, which back in the day, those first five games, the that Chiefs defense had 29 points per game given up. So that was not a good start, but they did finish pretty strong. They finished strong, and that, hopefully that's what we're going to be looking at ahead of the time. So again, I'm not. Gonna, I don't have really much else to say. It sucks. It's stupid. I got some tweets here. I could read off stats all, all day long. I'm not going to because we already know them. We've already seen them. There's no point in it. Jason, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I know. Guys, we're two and three right now. And so, like, I know a lot of you out there are thinking, oh, this is the end of the world. It's really not. Um, I, I've seen a graphic out there that says we are the worst defense in the history of the NFL after the first five weeks. And that's true. But one positive you can take out of that is that we can only get better from here. And obviously, we need our players to be healthy. So it's very difficult to evaluate the quality of our defense throughout the course of a season when CJ and Charvarius Ward don't even play in the game and Willie Gay is just now getting back up to speed. And so having said that, you know, Daniel Sorensen is not doing his job, and that's a problem. What happens to any of us out there if just a random worker doesn't do his job? They get fired. So for me, I wish that we could get fucking Sorensen out of there and get Juan Thornhill some more snaps because this is an emergency. And I know, like I said, two and three is not the end of the world, but this is an emergency situation because we are the Chiefs and we never expected to be two and three. And so when you're in an emergency situation, we have to have the best players in the game. And so I do think we need to get Juan Thornhill more snaps. 
And we also have offensive players who are banged up right now. So that's another positive thing to get to get out of this is if, if the whole team is healthy, what would you see from the Chiefs? Everybody on the offense, everybody on the defense is healthy. What would we see? It's not quite as bad as you think it is. But again, you look at the upcoming schedule. I mean, this is a get right game coming up at Washington. But for me personally, we've got eight get right games in a row and we need to win at least seven out of eight. We've got at Washington, at Tennessee. We've got the Giants, Green Bay, at Las Vegas, then Dallas, and then Denver and the Las Vegas again. There's no reason why we can't win seven out of those eight games. Okay? And I know that might sound to you like it's wishful thinking, but to me, it, that's reality. That's, that's the mentality they need to go into you know, I know we always talk about, mm -hmm. oh, it's one game at a time, one one game at a time. That's fine. But there's no reason why they should lose really any of those games. I'll maybe Green Bay, okay, even though we're playing Green Bay at home. But they, they should win that one, too. Okay, yeah, so, their defense is anything to be right home about. Yeah, I mean, as a Chiefs fan, this is, like I said, I was depressed after that last game. But at some point, you've got to ride with your team. You've got to have a little bit of confidence and know that we can turn it around. We can turn it around. It's not outside of the realm of possibilities to turn this thing around and still be a wild card or maybe even Great. better than that. Who knows? So I, I'm not going to ride off the Chiefs. No. You know, this, no. You know, it, we may not have the best regular season that we've seen recently, but... You know, if you can just get into the playoffs, then all bets mm -hmm. are off. And yeah. we know that. You guys know that as NFL fans. Once you get into the playoffs as a wild card, you know, case in point, the New York Giants, when they beat the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, yeah. all bets are off. If you can just get in, anything is possible. Yeah, one of the highlights of the week to me was seeing X-Factor, Ty Roten, uh, <laughs> getting, getting decked in the stands because he's a freaking idiot. Like that was, that was another super highlight. fan. That was my highlight of the week, without a doubt. By another super fan so, took care of him. right. So another so Red X took yep. care of Ty Roden, and uh, gosh, guys, that guy deserves it more than anybody else. He should be banned <laughs> from Arrowhead. And I mean, it's freaking. I have I have too much to say about Wait, that. Wait, would you but ban? Again, would you ban him first, or would you ban Daniel Sorensen? Ban That's a tough call, right? You know there. what? You know Easy. what? X Factor has caused a lot of trouble over the years because he's 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 been around for the last almost almost thirty years of uh, the Chiefs' kingdom. Uh, or Sorensen's probably going to be done here in the next hopefully uh, few months. But <laughs> yeah, so I, I would definitely be on X Factor first. I mean, hopefully the, the coaching staff takes care of Sorensen for us. Right. You know, I mean the rest of the fans who are just there trying to uh, now, enjoy. Before you go, Mike, should we change his nickname from Dirty Dan to Dildo Dan? Uh, is sure. It, is it too early? Yeah, for I'm that? fine with Dildo Dan. That is that is not a problem to me. I think here, here's the thing, guys. There there were some there was some comments made about some people as far as Daniel Sorensen from people as some from from some fans who basically are like, oh, don't forget all the good things he's done for this team and the big plays and the big impacts he's made and the history of the team. It's like you know what the world's also brought back some bums like uh, Wade Davis and some Joaquin Soria. Joaquin Soria. <laughs> You know, all these other guys. 
You know, some guys from the World Series team, they brought back uh, Tanner. Help me out with the pitcher, the other pitcher we brought back. Wade Davis, WD40. No, Wade Davis. No, the other one. They did. They did. Right, the other one. I can't remember. Greg Holland. Greg Holland. Yeah, Greg Holland. Bob Holland. Greg Holland. And and we brought back because somebody else too. I can't. Alcides came back for a minute, then he got traded. And we brought back all these guys, and it's like you know what? Okay, yeah. At one point in their career, they did something for us, but we're living in the moment. We're living right now because Daniel Sorensen did something for us great. You know, two, three, four years ago, he's no longer that player anymore. And I can't put up with a bunch of shit for the sake of maybe you'll have a lucky play when it comes time for the playoffs. Maybe I don't know. Like, we're living in now, currently. I don't give a damn what you did in the past. So, you know, yeah, we can all, you know, maybe 10 years from now, I'll look back and go, hey, Sorensen made some cool plays on that Super Bowl run. Yeah, of course. But that's not, that's not reality of 2021 and what we're living in right now with him being literally the worst coverage defender in the entire NFL. Guys, let me begin by saying this. This is a message to some people within the Chiefs fan base. You wake up the day after losses and you go into work and you ask, what's wrong with the Chiefs? How do we fix the Chiefs? And it needs to stop because the issues are right in front of your faces. The Chiefs fooled us and they fooled themselves. We were sold this entire offseason how the defensive line was going to be so improved with the addition of Jerron Reed being able to move Chris Jones to the to the edge out to the defensive end. People on the radio were talking about a 15-sack season for Chris Jones. One guy from 6'10 even thought Chris Jones would win the defensive player of the year. The hype was unreal. It was all a mirage, guys. All a mirage. But do not come at me any longer with this bullshit of, oh, man, I think teams are starting to figure out Mahomes. You idiot. Patrick Mahomes is the only thing saving this team from looking at 0-5 right now. Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL in touchdown passes. Patrick Mahomes has the highest QBR in the NFL right now. Patrick Mahomes still currently has the highest completion percentage of his entire career right now. Patrick Mahomes did not tell Tyree Kill to let a pass go directed through his fan, through his hand for a pick six last week, did he? No. Patrick Mahomes did not tell Marcus Kemp to drop an easy pass and batter it up in the air to get intercepted against the Chargers. Pull your head out of your ass, Kansas City. Great quarterbacks do not get figured out. Quit it. Lately, teams are playing. Two high safeties, you know, to keep the ball from going over the deep, deep end of Tyreek Hill. Every play, this is this is Mahomes' thing. This is his forte. He loves to go deep, right? So he holds the ball a little bit longer than normal than his typical style thrives on. But you know why? I'm already tired of this conversation. Because it's dense and clueless. You want to know what the issue is with this team? This current Chiefs defense is the worst in NFL history through five games. Kansas City is sitting right now with allowing 3.29 points per drive allowed. Let me put that in perspective. You might hear that number and go, hmm, what does that mean to me? I'm about to tell you. So the horrid 2018 Chiefs defense allowed 2.35 points per drive. Almost oh, That's actually almost a whole point difference of per drive ratio. The 2020 Detroit Lions allowed 2.98. The 2004 Chiefs defense back there with Dexter McLeon and all the other bums of Eric Warfield and other little shitty guys out there we had on defense back then. Best player on the field was Eric Hicks. Are you kidding me? Bums! Even those guys allowed 2.26. The worst defense of all time statistically allowed 2.96 yards per drive. The 1981 Baltimore Colts. This defense does not get pressure without blitzing a corner. 
and does not stop the run with the front four. This front four is straight fucking garbage. The 2000 Rams, the greatest show on turf, still holds a record for most yards per play in the history of the league, sitting at 7 yards per play throughout an entire season. This defense is giving up 7.1. So you're telling me, this is basically the direct opposite of the 2000 Rams offense. So as good as the Rams offense was back then, this defense is literally the exact same thing but opposite. This is disgusting and hilarious at the exact same time. So the staff trots out Daniel Sorensen for 100% of the snaps while he gets his ass handed to him every week. He leads the NFL in missed tackles. I don't want to hear bullshit about how Juan Thornhill can't defend the run anymore, and that's not why he's out there. But you know why? Because Daniel Sorensen can't defend shit. Anthony Hitchens doesn't do a damn thing. Derek Nottie has nine tackles on the season. Jerron Reed has six tackles on the season. You might as well not exist. It is miraculous that this team is 2-3 and three right now. They lead the league in giveaways offensively, and they have the worst defense of all time. Now, you better be damn happy that Patrick Mahomes still has this offense ranked number one in the league and scoring offensive rate. And third, down conversions as well. That's right. Number one in offensive scoring rate and number one in third down conversions. Are you kidding me? And you want to ask me, oh, I think they're starting to figure out Mahomes. So fucking quit. Just stop with the Mahomes is off BS. I'm tired of it. People need to accept the fact that this defense is failing miserably right now and it's putting strain on every other facet of this team. And the next time you say, how do we fix the Chiefs? Because I'm tired of hearing it. We don't. We don't fix the Chiefs. It can only fix itself with what we currently have and we have an easier upcoming schedule. We get to live and die with this team in 2021 and then figure out how to improve it through the draft next year in 2022. That's it. Well, the only thing that I would add to that is when these people come out and they say, oh, the league is, they've figured out Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I would say that they said the exact same thing before the season started about Lamar Jackson. And I'm, I, I'm sure you guys remember that. They said, oh, I think the league is, has caught up. They figured Lamar Jackson out. The last time I checked, Lamar Jackson has a, he's having a pretty good fucking year right now. He's four and one. Yeah. So, you know, it's not about Patrick Mahomes. And he's overcome how many injuries now to that team? Think uh, about it. Lamar's played one. Running backs, receivers, defense. Credit to Lamar. Yeah, credit to Lamar. But, you know, it's not about Patrick Mahomes, okay? Patrick Mahomes is who he is, and we know who he is. And so we do need to stop blaming him for our problems, and I agree with you on that. Okay. All right, guys, before we transition to the next topic here, uh, I got a – Comment here by Truly Seb. He got sent a trade, Mixon, Hunt, and Debo for Cook, Edmonds, and Robert Woods. He wants to know who is winning that trade. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Let's go slow it down. We have three for three. Is that what's okay, going on Okay, three for three. Three for three. Joey Mixon. Okay. Hunt. Joey I love when you say Joey. Too. <laughs> you always say Joey. Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe Mixon. So Joey Mixon. Hunt. Hunt. And Debo. And Debo. Right. For Cook. Okay. Edmonds and Robert Woods. I I, I take this hand. I I, I gotta go Which with, one's this, that? with this side. This is the one with Joey the Mixon. The, the side with Joey Mixon. The Joe, the Joe Mixon Kareem okay. yes. situation. That's fair because that's better because if you look at it too, Debo is what a top five. Yes, Debo is a big baller. He's, he's, a big baller. Baller. he's having a great year. Yeah. So so do you agree, Jason? Too. I agree that Joey yeah. Mixon is the big dick side of that trade. Mixon, no. Hunt, and Debo is winning the trade. They're gonna Cook, win that Edmonds fucking trade. Yes. There you go, Trilly. 
looks like, and I have to agree, I started looking into it a little bit more after I responded to you, but Debo being a top five guy alone, and Edmonds also consistently outside of last week, mm-hmm. getting more reps outside of what well, I expected. And you know, you know I both like James Conner. Conner, so. but Edmonds is still consistently involved sure. here. That's fine. And, of course, Mixon but. has actually knocked, or I need some wood here. Oh. I don't even know where it's at. Knock on wood, stayed healthy enough. I'd say, yeah, I, I have to agree with them. Yeah, I, I think that definitely that's the way to go with that one. So hopefully that helps you out, truly. All right, guys, we're going to switch over to our power rankings, huh? We're going straight power rankings. Uh, what, do, what else do you have in mind? Well, I was going to talk about the Kansas City Outlook. Do we talk what about? What do we expect? Talk about it. Talk about it. So the Outlook for me, guys. Here's our next five games. There's, I don't see any reason why we don't win the next five games. We got three teams with horrible defenses right now. Packers is going to be a great game. And then the Raiders, which I'm sure it's going to be a close game. So, for me, guys, I think the outlook for us is exactly what we needed coming in after a stretch of really good teams here. So, I'm looking at us to finish 5-0 and going into this five-game stretch. 5-0? Yeah, I mean, outlook for me overall, the schedule lightens up. So, the defense will by, will by default look better for a while. And they'll play better probably this weekend against the Washington football team. And they'll probably look good against the Giants and all that stuff. And good, probably decent against maybe even the Titans, maybe. Although Derrick Henry's pretty damn good. That defense is bad, though. But it's bad. It's bad. And it's going to be a problem all year. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's like, guys, let's let's hope we win 10 games this year. Yeah. What do you got? No, I, I'm still I'm still going 14-3. and three. I don't give a shit. Okay. I mean, I look at the outlook. I mean, even those two tough games when you host Green Bay and Dallas, there's no reason why we can't win those two fucking games. So, yeah, I mean, give me that upcoming schedule. I think we can win eight games in a row, or at least seven out of eight. All right, cool. There you guys have it. So, Outlook's looking, I think Outlook's looking great for us. All right, well, we time to go to the power rankings? Yeah, with that said, I mean, we talked about Our power rankings, guys. So, on the screen here and the graphic, if you are viewing on YouTube here, you'll see our picks that we picked back in what been, week three, uh, what we talked about for power rankings. So you'll see our top seven teams there all broken out. Uh, we finished one and two with the Rams and the Bucks all together. Hmm. So I'm wondering, how does that switch up this week? Yeah, this will be a little different. I, I think there's going to be a few teams on here that quite aren't in our top seven that were on there. So uh, let's let's get to it. Kick it off the same way, Jason, guys. You know how to do it. Number seven. Get it. Number seven. All right, guys. So the seventh. Best team in the league right now are the Dallas Cowboys. They are 4-1, and one, and they also beat the L.A. Chargers, which I see that as a quality win. So I've got the Dallas Cowboys number seven. For me, i got the Kansas City Chiefs at number seven right now. Uh, great offense, best offense in the entire league, worst defense in the entire league. We're looking at the Texas Tech offense once again from back in Mahomes' college days. So Chiefs at number seven. Uh, Baltimore Ravens is my number seven, guys. Lamar Jackson continues to show his ability to come back and win, to win in the final seconds, uh, little on minutes for each game. Continues to lead that team. It's amazing. The defense continues to stop play teams when they need to stop teams. Uh, there is no reason why are they not in my top seven to begin with. So I am going Ravens at seven. Number six. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills here. Uh, they are 4-1, and one, and I understand some of those wins that they've had were kind of weak teams like Pittsburgh, Miami, Washington, but 
they did beat the Chiefs. So even though the Chiefs weren't 100% healthy in that game, uh, they did do it at Arrowhead. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll put the Bills at number six. Yeah, for number six, like the Cowboys here. So you had them at seven, I have them at six. Um, I think they have a, actually defense playing better than they expected right now. And that offense is uh, going to be having Michael Gallup return. And I just like the overall talent of the team. I think this is one of the better teams. And as I guys, I told you guys at the beginning of the year, this is at least a 10-win team, and they're looking like maybe even better than that. So uh, what do you got, Tanner? Uh, Cowboys. Cowboys are my team on number six here. Uh, they got a good win against the Panthers uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Chargers win as well, and you know the Chargers are looking really great. Uh, I'd, and they had a close game against the Bucks week one. I'd say there's no reason why this offense doesn't continue and this defense continues to, to work over these teams. So I'm going number six, the Cowboys. Number five. Number five, guys, I've got the Tampa Bay Bucks. They are four and one, and they beat Dallas in week one. And so we all know who they are. They're a great team, and they have the GOAT as their quarterback. So I'm going with the Bucks as the fifth best team in the league right now. All right, after that, I got number five as well. I got the Chargers for number five for me. Uh, I think their defense right now needs some improvement. they got to work on some things. Offense is phenomenal. They had a shootout with the Browns recently. Got a victory over them. Um, but I think overall the Chargers are just a very solid team. And it's going to be hard to beat them. I mean, they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Browns. They're, they're beating teams they should beat. And that's, at the end of the day, the true test of a good team. So, for me, Chargers 5. What do you got, Tanner? I agree. Chargers at 5. I fully agree right there. The way Herbert's playing, the defense is playing really well. They're really getting to the quarterback and causing, causing havoc back there, I tell you. So I, I love the Chargers. I am going keeping them at five for me. Boom, you matched. Number four. I am actually going to go with the Green Bay Packers as the fourth best team in the league. They are also four and one. And, uh, you know, they had that tough loss at the beginning of the season. But, you know, I'm not going to give them too much shit about that game because it was just the first game of the season with a very minimal preseason. So give me the Packers at number four. Yeah, Packers are interesting to me because I have them out of my entire top seven. You know why? I can't have a team who has more points allowed than points forced. So for me, number four is the Buffalo Bills, as a matter of fact, which is, to spoiler alert, my best team of the AFC. Uh, Bills, I, I like the Bills quite a bit. I think their biggest flaw is the run game, which literally comes from Josh Allen because uh, the rest of those guys have a lot yeah. to prove still. But that defense right now, they're playing better than last year. And uh, they're they're shutting it down. They're locking it up. I love that Bills defense. And Josh Allen's playing, you know, MVP style. So, Bills. Number four for me, guys, is Los Angeles Rams. They recently just beat Seattle with uh, essentially Russell Wilson handing out of there afterwards, being injured. So, it's a tough game. They lost to the Cardinals. That's why I dropped them out of four. They lost to the Cardinals here, uh, who's been dominant. So, it's they're a great team, great defense. I still think that they got to play some more close games here. Obviously, their next four games are against shitty defenses, so I expect blowouts. If I don't see blowouts, they stick at four. So four, Los Angeles Rams. Number three. Number three, guys, I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams. They are also four and, run, four and one, but they also beat the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, which was a great win for them. And I actually think their defense is going to get a little bit better as the season goes on. Defense hasn't looked really great so far, but I'll go with the Rams at number three. 
Number three for me is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I think this is a great team, obviously, top to bottom. Probably the most talent in the league, you know, maybe aside from a couple other guys, but it's debatable. Uh, I love Tom Brady having an MVP season once again. Uh, he leads all of fantasy in points. That's right. A pocket quarterback who does not run at all. Crazy. He leads all of fantasy in points right now. So, guys, Bucks, Super Bowl champions, that's my number three. Three Buffalo Bills guys for me. Uh, the way their defense proved that they are not to be taken lightly. Yes, they played against the Texans, Miami, uh, and they dominated those guys. But then they played against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and they cost a couple turnovers there. And they really they had Tyreek pretty much locked up the almost entire time, essentially. So I'm full in on Bills right now, the way they're playing. I love, I'm hoping to see some more key games coming up for them here. I got Bills at three. Number two. Have you guys ever heard of a team to not play a single home game the entire season? Well, that's my number two team. It is the L.A. Chargers. They are 4-1. and one. They're not going to have a single home game the entire season. Uh, their only loss was to the Dallas Cowboys, so that was a quality loss, I, I think you would say. And, uh, yeah, they're the second-best team in the league, no doubt for me. Number two for me is the Rams, the L.A. Rams right there. So we're going to stick with L.A. teams, I guess, but... Uh, yeah, the Rams to me, like that's a team that went up there and put a whoop ass on the Buccaneers, and then took a loss to my number one team. But uh, I think the Rams are phenomenal. I love Stafford over there. That is a phenomenal situation for him to be in, uh, and the defense is still great. So I mean, let's just, let's see how things roll out. Still, there's more time to tell before we really figure things out. But they're my second best team. If they had to play, like let's put it this way, Rams had to play against the Chiefs right now. Rams all the way. Yeah. Uh, what are we at, number two? Number two. Green Bay, baby. Green Bay, number two. Second best team in the league, I think, right now. Yes, I know you're shaking your head, Mike, but it doesn't matter because Aaron Rodgers is continuing to bring this team to win, just like Lamar Jackson was doing for them. They just beat a really good Bengals team, uh, and they're they're just dominating all their games. That week one hoax, right? Who cares anymore? Who cares what week one was like because the Rodgers is just consistently running. Aaron Jones – Dill, A.J. Dillon's coming into play now. It's it's a different team since week one. And Green Bay, Green Bay is the second best team in the league right now. Number one. All right, guys. I'm going to go out on a little bit, a little bit of a limb here. Okay? Broncos? I'm going to take my number one team as the Arizona Cardinals because they have Kyler Murray. And who else, Tanner? You know another guy in history of sports who was undefeated? in the finals of the yeah. NBA. Could be Michael Jordan. So we like, when we talk about sports, we like teams who are undefeated. Are you talking what about like Duncan? No. Duncan? What are the Arizona Cardinals right now? They are undefeated. And they are the best team in the league. Yeah, I'm with you right there. Cardinals, I, you guys have known. I've loved them all year. I love them preseason. Uh, 5-0, well-deserved. Um, they did put a stomp ass on the Rams, right? So they did their job against the my second best team in the league. So yeah, Cardinals for me, I love them top to bottom. Uh, good defense, and then the offensive weapons are unmatched. Yeah, ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous. You got a rookie Rondell Moore who's like could be most teams number two. If he could just be consistent in fantasy, that'd be nice. Well, he doesn't play every down like I know. the rest of their team. I know. I'm just saying. Uh, number one, guys, Arizona. How do you not put the five and zero team on top? How do you not put 
potential MVP on top. Love me some so Cardinals. That's that's what I'm going with. They got a Browns team to face this week. So another great game for them to play. Um, and then in two weeks here after that, we see my one versus two Packers Arizona play, and we can see who finally comes out on top here. So it's gonna be exciting matchups for the next few weeks for the Cardinals. But I believe they are the best team currently in the NFL. You unmatched weapons like the defense is ridiculous. Arizona all day, guys. Yeah, guys, those of you following along right now and listening in, uh, I encourage you to give us a like and comment on our YouTube channel. As well as, give us a follow on Spotify. I love Spotify. You guys are my OGs. So, uh, you guys always mean a lot to me. Because I that's, that was what we, we began the podcast. Because we wanted to embrace the fans. And embrace talking yeah. about sports. But talk about football, basketball, all the other things. So, yeah. just follow. We're here all year. And, We're going to be here. We're and thank anywhere. you for those that commented today with your questions for fans yeah. of football. Love we, it. we appreciate it. And we love answering those for you. We'll even look some stuff up for you. So, please make sure you do that. And follow us up on TikTok, guys. Uh, we will be up there with our uh, weekly pickups. So, and look for Jason's Easy Money Bet of the Week on TikTok. Boom. And I will see you out on the next one. Sports Buffoons. We're out. See you guys.